0: Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Video and Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. And so, as always, we continue to bring to you the latest information related to COVID-19 and and how it's affecting guys facing divorce, during divorce, and after divorce. And so, uh, I have my guest from our Kansas City office. Welcome.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: Today's topic, uh, something we haven't discussed in the 12 weeks that we've been doing this, is how do you really prepare for that first meeting with your attorney And I think that's an essential uh, topic to talk about because I think it's overlooked by many. They schedule an appointment, you walk in the door and then see what happens. But I think it's a good investment. And we've talked a lot about uh, scheduling consults with your attorney and it's probably the best hour of your time, but now let's talk about how to get the most out of that hour. Uh, But before we do that, obviously, I wanna talk about this is not to be taken as an attorney-client relationship. I always give that caution. It's not legal advice either albeit I'm licensed in Missouri and so is my guest today. Uh, but you know, I don't wanna make sure that y- you really get that uh, consultation scheduled where your facts and circumstances can dictate the direction of that conversation and it will often dictate how that advice is given to you. So obviously we're available. Uh, you can contact us at 866-DADS-LAW or check us out on the web at cordellcordell.com. We're available for in-person, we're available in terms of where appropriate and for health and safety considerations but we're also available virtually using Zoom, as we are today, and via telephone to have those consultations. So uh, as I've done nearly every day over the last 12 weeks, we've talked about the importance of scheduling that consultation. For guys listening and watching right now, we know you have a lot of questions. This is really just meant to guide you in preparation for that consult, which is really appropriate to talk today about. And so that's one of the things I think is important. Also tune in on Thursdays to the virtual town hall where we talk a lot about um, the issues affecting COVID, but in greater detail. But you can log in, ask questions of the panel, and get your answers live. Uh, So make sure to tune in on Thursdays to the virtual town hall. So, you know, one of the pressing questions, obviously, every time I do this is, what's going on in the court system? Uh, How's things going? Can they e-file? Are they having Zoom hearings? It varies, I know, county to county, city by city, state by state, and even regionally, as, as we've talked about. And, and, you know, our viewers here have heard about San Diego and New York being restrictive and San Francisco and Miami. Uh, and if we get more towards the center of the universe, which is the Midwest, we we tend to be a little bit more relaxed. But what's going on in the Kansas City?
1: So I'm licensed in both Kansas and Missouri. And I will say it's a little bit different on each side of the state line we've really seen a lot of county by county specific um kind of limitations Mm -hmm. and my understanding part of that is that each county is responsible for its own technology that it has in place so some counties that have invested more heavily in that are able to um, you know jump up and get going with um, virtual hearings via Zoom or by telephone, and things like that. Whereas some other counties haven't really been able to implement that. Um, on the Kansas side, um, for example, Leavenworth County hasn't really been doing anything except for true emergency hearings. Whereas um, you know Johnson County is—they're having all kinds of hearings by Zoom. Um, they use a program. It's called Blue Jeans, which is ass- essentially like Zoom. Um, Wyandot County's been handling um, hearings very similarly. Jackson County on the Missouri side has um, definitely jumped in with the um, virtual hearings or the or the telephone hearings. Um, you are still able to move forward with orders of protection. They are having those in person. Um, they are being handled a lot differently because of the security protocols. Um, I went to Platte County last week for an order of protection and my client had to wait outside until it was time for our case and we all wore masks and um, had to get screened, health screening on the way in. So, um, you know, it's looking different, but things are moving forward. Uh, I think trial dates are gonna be the things that are maybe most impacted in terms of being pushed back. Um, But I do, I mean, absolutely, you can get stuff on file um, you can get your judgments approved, you can get orders going through, judges are still checking the electronic filing queues, um, so you can absolutely still get stuff done, uh, and definitely, I wouldn't wait um, based on thinking that yeah. uh, you can't get those things done, because you can.
0: Yeah, that's good news. I mean, I think early on in COVID-19, we were, I was talking with uh, Kim Grave, Cortell & Cortell up in Buffalo, and things there was no e-filing. There was no filings being accepted, no Zoom hearings. It was just shut, and I think that was the perception of guys around the country. You know, New York being the epicenter, at some point, uh, they thought that that was the case. But obviously, the message we're trying to get out every day, every week, is, "Hey, things are ready to be taken. You know, we can file things, get you in the queue, get you in line," and then that kind of just transitions us to the today's topic, which really is the importance of preparing for your meeting. Uh, it's very different than let's say you know a doctor's appointment where you know you have an existing issue, let's just call it your, your leg hurts and you, you say, hey, I want to come in because I got this. You, there's really no preparation needed. You walk in and the doctor asks you a bunch of questions. This is, I think, entirely different. And if we want to make sure that the client who comes in, uh, you know, they're going to spend some money for an hour consultation. We want it to be a very valuable, very productive uh, meeting. And guys have questions. And I mean, that's evident by the virtual town hall where we have a bunch of people log on and ask a lot of questions. I mean, I I get it. And so maybe that's the first place to start is, you know, schedule the consult. But in advance, um, Laura, don't you think it's important guys start creating a list of their questions? Like they want to know what's going on. They wanna know how the system works. They wanna know what the law is. Is that important? Come in with a actual written list of questions.
1: I think that that is very helpful. you know, some people may think that they know about the divorce process because they've heard from other people. Um, I will tell you, there's a lot of, I've, I've experienced a lot of misinformation from people during initial consultations. Um, but uh, certainly coming in with your list of questions and things that you want to know, um, we're going to be able to talk specifically about your um, issues and the issues that are important to your case. Uh, I really, I think it's helpful to sit down as part of that question process and kind of make a timeline of the events that have led you to coming into my office. You know, um, what events have led up to this? You know, to you seeking a modification of your child custody. So, what issues have been going on? What conflicts have you had? You know, if you're seeking divorce, what you know, general things have been going on. Um, because that really helps distill and consolidate um, your, your events into um, something that can fit into, our, into this time limit that we have um, in an initial consultation. And it's also extremely helpful then, once you retain counsel, that you have this already going. And it's an easy tool for your attorney to reference and say, okay, when did that happen? Okay, I've got this list of events, important events. Yeah. which can you know be the foundation of emotion to modify or something right. like that. Right.
0: Timeline is so important. Sometimes you know the seminars I give uh, and in the evenings with guys you get a room of 100 guys we talk about the little details. Uh, those matter and especially even to doctors little details little symptoms those matter in terms of their interpretation and their analysis and their ultimate you know advice and I think you know timeline is critical I think that's a huge piece of the puzzle to understand what's been going on for how long, when, where, what, why, right? But I think also important is interesting. One of the things I think guys, they try to understand, it's a very private thing. And, and sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes they just don't, they want to get a feel for the attorney. But on, like, for example, on our intake sheet, I know we ask for income. Uh, and a lot of guys want to leave that blank, but I can't express enough how important it is for us to have an understanding of the whole picture. For us to be able to give advice about perhaps child support or spousal support uh, or ability and attorney's fees, it's that income. But more importantly, I think it's also important for guys to prepare, and I think you'll agree, assets and debts, right? Come in with something, a list of things you can really get. you know, Let's say, hey, lawyer, here's everything we own, because I'm going to ask that question anyway. So having it prepared in a spreadsheet makes life easier, more efficient during that meeting, don't you think?
1: I think so. Absolutely. Um, You know, especially in the case of divorce, um, you want to get your arms around what's in the marital estate early um, so that you can start gathering that information. So making a list, you know, I own this house. um, This is approximately the value of my home, you know, maybe the last tax appraisal. This is a recent mortgage, mortgage statement that shows how much we owe. So this is approximately how much equity we have. This is our vehicle. This is the Kelly Blue Book value. Here's how much we owe. Um, And just going through each and every one of those. And kind of as you do that also, I think it's a great chance to say, you know, my wife may have um, a retirement from her prior company. I don't really know. Um, I don't, you know, and so you can kind of put some question marks in there if there are things that we need to start looking for in discovery and looking towards the future. Um, That's super helpful, but in almost any case, you know, whether you're um, getting divorced or whether you're seeking a modification of custody or child support, there are going to be financial disclosures that you have to file. Um, As you know, if you're changing your parenting plan and changing the time that you're spending with your children, that's gonna then necessitate a change to your child support um, or to any child support obligation that's present. And so you want to start getting that information early, um, getting your hands on it, gathering statements, recent statements, knowing what account balances are, um, knowing what debts are, um, because a big part of that argument is, um, you know, what resources does this party have at their disposal? You know, what is their ability um, to pay? What are we looking at? Um, So the more you can get started on that early, Um, and give yourself some time um, to look at it and really think about it. I think that's helpful. I I oftentimes recommend to people at at an initial consultation or at an initial meeting um, to say, you know, if you haven't run a credit check with um, the three major credit reporting agencies, you can do it for free once a year. It's a great chance to go through and make sure that you don't have any old credit cards out there that maybe you've forgotten about or that still have a balance you know we want to make sure that we're capturing those and that those, you know, somebody's not left holding the bag with us.
0: For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. What about uh, emails, photos, videos, social media posts? Is that important for guys to, one, know what's out there, get it in advance and bring it in?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know the correspondence between the parties is so helpful. Uh, you know when we're especially when we're talking about um, any issues involving child custody, you know we're going to be looking at um, you know the communications of the parties, their ability to co-parent, um, their relationship with one another. Uh, if there are issues that the parties have, um, you know maybe there are references to substance abuse or mental health issues or things like that. And it can be really difficult to know what's relevant and what's not. I want you to bombard me with information at the beginning of the case and really front load me with a lot of information so that I can go through. Um, And I don't want just a screenshot of one text message. I want to be able to put that text message into context of the conversation. um, Because otherwise, I think things can sometimes get twisted. Uh, and the opposing party may try to twist things with just one screenshot, we wanna make sure we're ready to be able to show, you know, this is exactly what happened and this is what was said. And, um, you know, I think kind of hand in glove with that is we are seeing so much social media, so much email, text message, voicemails. I have parties who um, their ex records every conversation that they have or every exchange um, that they're having and they literally have a video or audio of everything. Um, so I think it's just really important to be aware of those things. Um, and that kind of, you know, we talk about preparation, but we also kind of want to start talking about like protection in your case and moving towards that. Um, you know, making sure that as you're continuing to have communications with the opposing party, um, that you're thinking about, if this winds up in front of the court, if this winds up in front of the judge, is what I'm saying going to be interpreted positively? Is it supporting of co-parenting, or is it going to be negatively viewed? And you know, really kind of trying to adjust your tone, um, making sure that you're not posting things that are inappropriate on you know any social media site. This isn't the time to air your dirty laundry about your relationship or your um, you know, your unhappiness with your, with your ex, mm-hmm. at the same time, you don't want to be deleting, going back and deleting posts. But th- if there are posts that are concerning, we need to see those so that yeah. we're prepared to deal with them because I guarantee you the other side's going to bring them up in court um, and have those and try to make the most of them. So yeah. we, we definitely want to make sure that you're bringing all of those in at the beginning. Um, but that you're also starting to think about how you're presenting yourself um during those communications as you move forward.
0: Yeah, I've talked to, I mean, ad nauseum about uh, social media. I was on Dr. Phil as the, the expert of the day, talked about social media mm-hmm. and how it, it it really is. I can tell this. I just said this in a virtual town hall, I think five weeks ago. There has not been in my 27 years of practice, one single case where I've used social media posts to my advantage that my clients posted, right? I've not used a post, a picture, a status update, a profile pic, to advance my client's case. It's always been used against my client or against the other side. So I think that's the point that you, the perspective that guys should be having based on what you said is, yeah. it's not there to help. It's really only gonna hurt. And mm-hmm. so you just have to be very cautious. I always suggest just get off social media, um, take a break, it's always good. you know, And, and it's almost refreshing. You know, no matter if you're going through divorce or not, it's refreshing to take a break from social media. Yeah. It's overwhelming mm-hmm. and it's um, too enticing. And it's too easy to make a mistake. So, you know, one of the things um, I think is important, you your input, obviously, is goal setting. Is that something guys should at the first meeting come in with or maybe wait? Should they bring in goals right away?
1: I think it's important to start thinking about your goals right from the very beginning. Um, You know, people have a wide variety of goals in any given case. Um, Some people are come in and they say, you know, I just want to get this done as quickly as possible. Um, Some people come in and say, you know, it's really important to me that we remain amicable. Um, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I continue to have a good relationship with my kids' mom. Um, Some people come in and say, you know, it's really important to me that I have 50-50 time with my kids. Like having parenting time is the number one thing. I have people come in and say, uh, you know, I've got this pension, I really want to protect my pension, I really want to protect this particular asset, that I want to make sure I get to keep the marital home, I want to make sure that, you know, whatever happens in this division, and you can have more than one goal in any particular case, absolutely, but that's definitely going to change how, you know, some of the things that we're going to talk about in an initial consultation. Um, You know, if you're really wanting things to move quickly or to be amicable, you know, we might be talking more about things like mediation or conciliation um, to try to work out something that's going to be more quick, especially in light of the COVID court closures, you know, things that are going to be able to move you through that process more quickly. Um, You know, whereas if you have other goals that may change um, what we discuss and how we talk about the factors the court is going to look at, you know, most states are using the best interests of the child test. Um, the factors that they, as they're specifically listed, um, vary from state to state, but um, all kind of seem to have the, the same general emphasis. Um, and then, you know, we're talking um, fair and equitable division of assets and debts. What is that gonna look like? Um, what is there to offset? Um, you know, is there going to be spousal maintenance? Is you know, is your goal to keep there from being spousal maintenance? Can we talk about strategy for how you know we might be able to do that? You know, maybe yeah. a lump sum payment or something. I mean, there are a lot of different options that um, are out there, and and we can get creative and outside the box and and kind of start talking about what that might look like right from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, I think the goal, the whole notion of goals is important. It does form uh, mm-hmm. the basis of that conversation, the basis of the initial advice and the strategy. Not, not to say that goals can't change over time, and they should. I think there's always an opportunity where you should re-examine the goals that you set based upon how the case has progressed, the facts that have come out, and maybe they're too aggressive. I've always said that in COVID-19, if you're you know stuck in the middle of filing, you're about ready to go to trial, now's a really good time to reanalyze the goals to mm-hmm. determine should I adjust them in order to get things finished? And and so I think that's a huge point. And so I think to wrap things up and we talk about the consultations, almost circling back, and I think you mentioned it a little bit and alluded, but to kind of end it, I think a good way for guys to end is talk about the little things, the facts that they think don't matter. You know, in my seminar I give in the evening, I talk about the doctor versus lawyer relationship and how clients or patients and doctors, patients often uh, emote, and they give every little potential symptom to a doctor because they think it matters. And that's the same relationship that it should be or should exist with uh, attorneys and clients. And you know, I was thinking of this analogy during COVID-19, and that is, uh, if you've noticed that, interestingly, doctors have seen that you know patients may present with a fever, uh, body aches, flu-like symptoms, uh, a cough. But one thing they noticed that were reported was a rash on their toes, right? Something so um, innocuous and small that actually tends to be an indicator, yeah, you've got COVID-19. And that to me is exact uh, example of what matters in family law. It's the small stuff. The things that you Mm -hmm. think don't matter oftentimes do. And most of the time guys don't give it because they're embarrassed, right? So don't you think, I mean, it's every fact matters and let us decide if it's irrelevant or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's really why to, you know, before you even come in for that initial consultation, to sit down and kind of create that timeline. And that gives you time to think about it and um, go through and, you know, maybe go back through text messages and emails and things like that to kind of put all of that together. Um, You know, make sure that you keep it organized um, for your attorney because that's going to make it um, easier for us to digest and look at Um, But those things are uh, definitely going to be needed early on in your case. And depending on your jurisdiction, I mean, uh, I know in some jurisdictions, I mean, you can have a hearing for temporary orders and it might be, you know, you might get three days notice. So at the beginning of your case, uh, you need to be ready to go in and litigate. So we want to make sure that we're getting that stuff early and that we're getting as much as possible so that we're prepared to address all of those issues.
0: Yeah, well, it's good stuff, Laura. Thank mm-hmm. you for the information. It's a great setup for for guys right now watching. They wanna set that first consult. Maybe they're getting ready to go to their consult. Uh, if not, you should, but really, you know, replay this entire podcast and write down the steps that you've just given them. It'll make that a more efficient, productive, and best investment of their money for that one hour of time. So thanks for joining today.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I thank thank you for having me.
0: Great. So continue to tune in to our daily podcast where we're going to talk about issues just like this. Things that are answer the questions. Remember, in week one of COVID nineteen, we started saying, what can I do, what should I do, and what must I do. And I know Laura just gave you advice and in, uh, in terms of tips on what you to answer all three of those questions. So continue to tune in to the daily podcast and then tune in live uh, to our virtual town hall on Thursdays. Again. You can log in, ask questions live of our panel if you want. Otherwise, you can just submit a question. It'll be given to our panel, but you can get answers uh, during that virtual town hall. So again, if you want a consultation with us, you can find us out on the web on cordellcordell.com or you can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW. You can schedule telephone, virtual, or in person where appropriate. Until next time, have a great week.